good morning and welcome to the UC Architects. This is episode 34, recorded Wednesday, live from the uh, the floor of the uh, Link Conference 2014. I'm your host, Pat Richard, and today I'm joined with uh, teammates uh, John Cook, uh, Tim Harrington, Stiley Hansen, Justin Morris, Tom Arbuthnot, and from uh, Microsoft we have Lauren Hussam and Jamie Stark. Everybody knows Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Jamie, welcome welcome back. Um, uh, quick sponsor note, uh, today we're sponsored by Instant Technologies, experts in IM archiving, e-discovery, and compliance applications for Link. Learn more and get started in minutes with a free trial at hrauditor.com or follow Team Instant on Twitter. And uh, Team Instant does have a booth here at the show. We're also sponsored by uh, Kemp Technologies, number one in price performance load balancer for Microsoft workloads, and a gold certified Microsoft partner in messaging and communications. So uh, stop by them. They have a booth here as well. So um, we just wanted to take a few minutes today and kind of cover some of the things that uh, have been going on with the, the Link Conference. And so um, Jamie's been here before, so you know, on our episode. So uh, we'll give them a, a, a chance for Lauren to kind of. Tell us what you do at Microsoft and how you're involved here in the conference. Sure. Um, so my name is Lauren Husum, and I'm actually the business owner for the conference. So Jamie's kind of one of my right arms here who kind of manages all of content and, and sessions and technical expertise. So he helps me a ton. And, and um, you know, this is our second, you know, annual conference, as I'm sure you all are aware. So it's it's pretty cool. We, we sold out this year. And we're, it's been able to happen without my team, especially Jamie here and, and all my entire V team that helped us kind of execute this conference. So, so that's that. That's me. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we have Lauren to thank for how well the conference is going on. Absolutely. Lauren is the, is the, is the business lead. She's the one that makes all the decisions, owns the budget, and it allows us to be able to do all the, you know, everything from the partner theater here to the giant tweet wall behind us, the, the massive, uh, you know, expo sec- section here, um, it's just it's it's all it's all just been phenomenal. So yeah, no, we while we have a um, we have a huge team behind us of crew and speakers and staff. Um, yeah, Lord, Lauren is our leader. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome job. So let's let's talk about how it's different this year versus last year. Obviously, we're at a different venue. We were in San Diego on the beach last year, even though it was cold. Um, <laughs> and rainy, right? Yeah, yeah it was, ever, it was crazy rainy, one night yeah, until until the day after the conference. Then it was beautiful. <laughs> I know, right. Um, and so, um, obviously, we're in Vegas at the Aria. And um, fr- from an attendance aspect, do we have numbers in yet about how many how many are here? J- Jamie actually has it, but but really, last year we had about eight hundred customers, partners, MVPs, just our, our general reg registration um, participants. And this year we have double. So it's about 1,600 um, of folks, which is pretty awesome. You know, last year, again, like you said, we were at the Hotel Del Coronado. It was more intimate. It was more of like a, um, just like an older venue that was just beautiful. As If you guys were there, it was awesome. And we really wanted it to be an intimate kind of feel. We wanted all of the community to kind of come together in one spot um, in a very intimate setting. And that's what the Hotel Del offered us and was able to do. This year, we needed to up it. We sold out last year. We were like, shoot. <laughs> Didn't swear. That's good. Um, we had a wait list that was outrageous. So it's like this year, we need to up it, you know, get a bigger space. So that's why we chose the Aria. We were able to have this expo floor that can hold it over 87 sponsors, which is how many we have. Um, double the amount, triple almost. No, double the amount of breakout sessions. Triple just sounded good. Um, double the amount of breakout sessions that we had last year. The opportunity to repeat sessions. Um, and just an, the opportunity to have more folks 
come to the conference this year, which is really what we wanted. So, um, so that's kind of the difference between what our thought process was for last year was really to just kind of build our community. Like we, we, we haven't had a conference dedicated to link before, um, that's truly like this link conference. So um, last year was more building, and I think this year is more enhancing enhancing the community, enhancing our folks that are attending. I think every single metric that we had um, last year, we it, we completely exploded. Yeah. This year, the same damn thing happened. It yeah. was it was crazy. You know, we originally had a design for this Expo Four, for example, where we had about half, well, maybe a third of it was going to be for meals, right? And um, and we realized very quickly, no, we have so much demand for sponsorships that we've got to be able to have this entire space be be filled for for you know our sponsors and for our expo. And so what we ended up doing was taking our keynote. And after keynote shut down and everybody left, the staff from the Aria came in and within like 45 minutes turned that entire room for lunch. Within and they had like they had like 90 minutes to do it and they did it in like half the time. It's just crazy. Um, but but everything that we looked at from attendees to sponsorships to the labs to the sessions, like everything is just, you know, so much bigger this year. And we're just totally. completely tickled by the response from the uh, from the community. It's just been outstanding. And, and so uh, probably a little easier to deal with this year since you had last year's conference behind you. Not as many uh, unexpected things. No, oh, no. Nothing um, caught on fire. Well, I mean... You know, Jamie and I are rock stars here. We, we, we try not to let anything get on fire, but um, we actually had a big... One thing I was going to say is that our, our team, like our V team was bigger. Jamie and I last year had to kind of like do a bunch of, of, of work streams and manage manage social on top of what we're already doing and um, help with the partner expo and help with the partner presence. Whereas this year we had a dedicated partner um, person that was you know, that worked on partner presence and that was their main goal. And then we also have a social team this year. Last year we didn't even have, it was Jamie and I <laughs> doing social. So that, I mean, for example, the launch pad, this is all in the Twitter wall. This is all created from our awesome social team that was able to really enhance our community with our, within our social channels. Um, so we've, all up, even just our V team has is exploded and, and expanded. We have a dedicated customer person, which we didn't have last year. Jamie was doing that. I mean, there's so many work streams that we had to end up covering last year, and this year we have more people to help, which is good because we get more. You know, we have more people to help, but it's also bad because there's more things to manage. So, um, so that's kind of yeah. No, it, it, like, for example, on the customer side, you know, just to call call that out specifically. You know, last year we had four customers come and tell their link story. This year we have eleven. Plus, Microsoft came as well to tell about how how we've deployed and how we use Link inside of the inside of the company. Um, and there's just no way that you know we, we could have done that without having you know folks specifically looking after you know those those partner or the the customer presentations and folks specifically looking after the partner and the sponsor experience. Folks specifically looking after social the social stuff as well is just. I keep on I keep on looking at uh, at the social wall and I and I find lots of folks who are who are not at the conference but feel like they can at least be part of the conference by following us on Twitter, following us on Instagram, you know, seeing all the pictures being uploaded on Facebook, seeing all the you know great stuff that's happening around the show. And I feel like we can we can do a lot to extend the reach of the conference beyond this physical location and 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 really you know per our theme help folks come together in a uh, in, in a much more kind of real way. 
Yeah, I, I'm, and as you're talking, I'm, I'm looking up at the, the big uh, Twitter wall there, and I'm seeing actual pictures of us recording going, you know, in, in real time there. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are now our own meme. But um, so, so let's talk about some of the things that have gone on um, um, this week. Obviously, the keynote from uh, Gurdip um, talked about a lot of things. And, uh, and what did you guys think about it? Um, I think the whole announcement around universal communication is a big sort of breakthrough, and it sort of signifies Gurdip's return, and it's really evolving that whole story a bit more. Um, so I think that's really what we're going to see in the future, and it's a real sort of milestone, I think. Yeah, to the uh, the customer stories, I thought that was neat, you know, to have actual customers just talking about it. And, you know, talking about, like, the, the phases of, like, like man, I'm in presence, now we got into, you know, uh, conferencing, and now we're doing voice, you know, like, kind of how we see it in the real world, you know, like, how adoption's kind of happened over time since OCS, you know. John, John you'll throw I don't need a, little, a, mic. a little yeah. rusty. He, there, he doesn't throat. hear me. Uh, <laughs> I know. Have you been dragging well, no, it up or what? Is that anything to do with the extracurricular activities at the conference? <laughs> no one's ever accused me of needing perhaps a microphone. You're, perhaps you're out a little late last night. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> John's been out late every night. Excellent. It's okay. My voice is a little raspy too. It's okay. <laughs> and in terms of the demo that was done, uh, I think that shows that Link is a dynamic product. Uh, we, lots of the demo was uh, sh- highlighting things that already been delivered since last year and uh, some new features as well and uh, I think that's a good thing that we get new features more often than before and not those big releases for next versions yeah I I just want to call it on the demo specifically my colleague Tim Wu was responsible for the demo end to end and I was just uh, just phenomenal execution on that it it looked it looked pretty um, pretty seamless on stage but what you don't realize behind the scenes is that there's probably three different infrastructures that were running that some of them were you know alpha code that was running the the video interop service that was flawless the mobile stuff that Derek was using that was running off another infrastructure plus we had another set running the um Running the uh, the web uh, the web integration with voice and video, and um, it, it was just I was so so impressed by how well that came through, and it was great to be able to show you know not just what we've been working on over the last year, but also kind of what we're thinking of in the in you know kind of the the, the short and medium term, and then to be able to have Gurdip on stage and 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 kind of articulating this vision, it's it's so exciting to have him back and to be able to to be able to hear him back on stage again. He's going to be he's also going to be coming out to Enterprise Connect as well and uh and so it's yeah really really excited yeah i think just to echo that having good back is is really cool and hearing his vision statement and his story from the original project stuff to where they are now and, and where he thinks it's all going okay um you know we saw in the past there was a vision and then the market followed that vision and now we're seeing what good saying about the future it's, it's interesting to see think how things are going to go mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? So we, should we make a bet on what uh, competitor is going to rename their product the the Universal Communications yeah. IPPBX? Like, should we <laughs> should we make a little round of betting? It is Vegas after all. Like, it seems appropriate. Well, I tweeted that yesterday. That you know, Cisco will have uh, <laughs> their product name. Ten bucks says that product name tomorrow. Yeah, Universal <laughs> WebEx. Yeah. <laughs> we made the U. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> so so let's talk about the things. Some of the things that Gurdip talked about. A video interop. I mean, you know, that's something that that people have wanted for a while and um, it looks like it's it's v next so probably yep. not you know a, a link 2013 but um, you know what, what did you guys think about it obviously lots of potential things that people have been asking about but yeah of course and uh, and being from Norway is uh, a big tanberg uh, land and and we we have a lot of VTCs that needs to be hooked up to link so and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it scales in larger deployments how the management will be and stuff like that, but uh, having to having VTCs to be able to join link meetings, that's that's huge. 
Yeah, when we were in the process of setting up the uh, the keynote, that was one of the questions I talked with the engineers through. Is like, hey, what are your what are your goals on scale and things like that? And so, of course, we've got some kind of preliminary numbers, but the code has a long way to go between here and the release. And so, in that process, we go through and we do a whole bunch of optimizations to make sure that we can scale it appropriately. But from a topologies perspective, you can expect that the video interop server is going to function a lot like mediation, where you can run it on board on the uh, on the FEs and have it as a, just a service in your pool, or you can have it be board and have that scale independently. So if you have a ton of VTCs, then you need to be able to support a whole lot of streams. Then you can set up a whole bunch of video interrupt servers and just throw MIPS at the problem. Um, or if you're um, if you just have a handful and, and you need to be able to support those, you can just run those as a process that's within your pool. So those two topologies are going to be there, and we'll as we get kind of closer to release, we'll actually be able to you know run the scale numbers and then be able to publish that and say specifically like here's what we can expect in terms of scalability of number of simultaneous sessions, things like that. Okay, and um, the whole browser, you know, video through the browser and everything. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the uh, the uh, the keynote. I was tracking down our, our gear here, but um, <laughs> uh, it's not WebRTC. It's uh, JLink. Yeah, that's right. And so. Um, you know, and I was in your session yesterday about you know people bringing up the what is the WebRTC strategy? Yeah, totally. And Francois uh, had a great answer. To yeah, that, Francois had a great answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so, so tell us what what can people expect from from JLink, and when can we expect it? Yeah, so what people can expect is that, you know, we, again, want to be able to extend the great link. Whoa, we just had a big gong happen on the show. Sorry, that was, a, that was, that was exciting. <laughs> um, so J-Link. Yeah, so, so folks can expect that, you know, this is a set of APIs that, that makes it really easy for web developers to be able to bring in a rich audio and video experience into their, into their web development paradigm. Effectively, it's a lot of the same APIs that we use for the Link web app, but it's it's, it's making them more accessible to developers and making it a lot easier for them to be able to bring in just kind of a really rich experience. Um, it's not WebRTC today because WebRTC is not ready today. Um, but clearly there's a need to be able to have some of these technologies out there. So we wanted to be able to bring out, um, to, bring, to bring this to market. It's not to market yet, but that's what we're working on. Um, and then when the uh, when the WebRTC standard um, gets a little bit further along and folks can agree on, you know, Codex, that'd be handy. Um, then, yeah, absolutely, we will be we'll absolutely look to snap to that because, you know, from our perspective, and I've talked about this in in interop sessions and in other sessions, you know, for the last four or five years, you know, we are fundamentally based off of the you know the utility of Metcalf's law, right? The 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 value of the link network is directly proportional to the number of connected endpoints. And we've always you know, held that an endpoint could be a phone, it could be my PC, it could be my, my mobile device, it could be a web page, whatever the case may be. We just want to be able to have as many connected endpoints into our network as possible. That's what, that's what drives our interoperability. That's what drives the work we do with Skype. That's in the interoperability scenarios of Skype that I'm sure is on your call list here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and clearly is also driving the work we're doing on the web as well. Okay, and, and speaking of Skype, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go right into that. So... Um uh, video into Skype from from Link. Yay! Yay! I know it works. Um, Why is you know we shouldn't be surprised? Of course it'll work. <laughs> yeah. So you know we've had our we've had our media teams like just a little bit of inside baseball, right? We've had the engineers who work on the media stacks 
they've been um, consolidated as a single unit now for a while. And so, um, and so we've, we've slowly been merging the media stacks together to where to enable a lot of, you know, these kind of fundamental interoperability scenarios. Um, one of the things that it, for any geeky folks out there, if you've looked at a, another, another gong, that's so scary. You probably can't hear that on the podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> totally breaks the train of thought. So um, if anyone's looked at the, the kind of latest versions of, of Link, I, I think it came out in the CU3, CU4 time frame, and you look at an SDP, you'll notice that Silk is actually in the SDP and in an invite, right? And that's specifically designed for the for the Link Skype video interoperability. And so we were able to, to bring that codec in Early into early into Link, we're also going to be you know enhancing the Skype clients to be able to you know obviously be able to support you know video back and forth to Link. So we were using kind of early versions of the of the Skype client here at the keynote, um, and we uh, we yeah really look forward to being able to uh, release this to the world soon. How soon? Yeah, I know that was coming. Yeah, don't have anything to announce right now. <laughs> don't want to get in trouble for my PR yeah, folks. <laughs> Good. All right. And um, something else that was announced was um, support for a client on Android tablets. I know a lot of yes. people have been, been asking about that. Absolutely. As, as, as much as uh, John Big would love Android to see fan. stuff on Androids, you know. <laughs> so um, how, how soon for that? There's no softballs here, Jamie. Yeah, no, there's no softballs at all. I, I, I should have looked through my notes. I, I, I want to say it's within, yeah, it's within a few months, but don't don't quote me on that. Um, yeah, it's a, huh? Summer. Uh, okay, so I have an engineer summer. in the back who's uh, who's yelling June at me, and so I'm going to I'm gonna characterize that as but, summer. But is that June of this year? <laughs> that was great. That was great. That was... Uh, yeah, that, that's actually that's actually a senior architect in the back. So yeah, we're we're not we're not going to argue with the dates that he's throwing out there. But yeah, no, we're uh, we're we're really excited about that. Clearly, you know, there's um, again, you know, kind of goes back to my Metcalf's law point, right? We yes, it's Android. Yes, we all love Windows Phone. We think Windows Phone has a has a significantly better experience. We think we think Surface has a significantly better experience than your Android tablet. But that being said, there's lots of folks out there running around with Android tablets. Why shouldn't they have a Link client, right? Like oh, and that, like guy, that. that guy has yeah. one. I mean, it saves us time of having to sideload him, so I see why doing it. <laughs> will it be supported for all Android tablets, or will it be just... Yeah, kind of per normal, what we do is we, um, is we have a list of tablets that we test with, right? And so those we know absolutely 100% are going to work. Um, the, the kind of long tail of Android tablets, yeah, there may be some that have goofy chipsets or whatever that, that, that aren't going to work, but we're not going to limit it in the store, right? So any, any tablet will be able to, any Android tablet will be able to download the link client from the store, uh, but there'll be, a, there'll be a, a smaller list of the ones that we test. If we tested all of them, then we would never release the damn product, right? We'd just be in this process of continual testing. I think, I think that's a really good approach, just letting everybody download it and try, because the Android ecosystem moves so fast. If you limit the download to certain devices, you're never going to keep up, are you? Really? Yeah, right. But there will absolutely, you know, we'll, we look at the top N, whatever N is, you know, for the top N devices and from a market share perspective, and, uh, and then make sure to go out and test with those. I forget what we used in the uh, we used in the demo off the top of my head. If you tweet me that later, I can find out from Tim the specific device that we used in the demo. I don't remember off the top of my head. So, so now I need to go get another device to add for testing. <laughs> my, my backpack is already heavy enough. Can you me. imagine what our test team feels like? I mean, think about how many damn clients you know Link can run on, right? It's 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 just amazing. I I you know especially if you start to include all the VDI clients plus mobile plus tablet, like we um it, it continues to go up into the right. <laughs> 
Gotta love those gadgets, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, aside from the keynote, obviously, lots of sessions here, lots of stuff on the expo uh, floor. What have what has everybody seen that they thought was uh, kind of neat and interesting here on the expo floor? Uh, the uh, it's a blink blink light that's got the totally wireless. You see, you know, you see a light, right? I thought. I mean, I've had a, a blink light for a while. It's a cool product, and I use it every day because now it's you know the way my office set up. If it's red, you know, don't don't come in. And it's on top of my monitor, so you can see it across the room, and you know, and it's quite real helpful. Yeah, we we call that meat space presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a gadget geek myself, so I love devices. Going around and see what's new with all the the different device vendors, and probably the sexiest device that I saw was from Sennheiser, uh, their new speakerphone, and so I get enamored with shiny things, and they have a really good uh, good looking speakerphone and. What's nice about it, it also had, it had USB and it also had a 3.5 uh, jack in it as well. So you could plug it into your mobile device uh, through the jack and, and use that. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's pretty nice. And, and, and it is chrome and nice, nice and shiny. Yeah, it's, it's very, very shiny. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, well, I've been checking out uh, recording vendors that can do recording or link calls um, uh, automatically or, or stuff like that. So it's quite a few of them here. So I've been talking to them. Um, I think overall, not to just sort of like highlight one product or service, I think it's just the general sort of presence of everybody really exemplifies how far links come, you know, like since I got involved in things in the LCS space, you know, the third-party solutions were none, and now we're here in 2014, and, you know, every single business requirement you'll ever see in any type of project can be addressed now uh, with folks that are here on the floor. So I think that's a really great testament to the maturity of the product. Yeah, I think, um, as, as Justin said, there's a lot here. I think it's 87 partners are here or something. So the floor is just huge. I mean, we're on audio here for you guys listening on the podcast, but it is massive. Um, I'd call out probably the Aruba stuff. I think they're doing some really cool stuff. The SDN stuff is just crazy. Wireless is such a hot topic right now, and they're just nailing it. And for you? I may have just nicked Jamie's one by the sounds of yeah, it. Yeah, no, you totally just took mine. I'm a little upset. So I'm going to give Lauren a chance to think of hers. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was going to call it the SDN stuff as well. Um, it's part, partly because I and Pascal Menzies, um, we had the opportunity to kick off a whole series of sessions on software-defined networking. Um, so Pascal and I kind of had an overview, and then we talked a little bit about the API, and a little bit about our standards work. Um, and then we have Aruba, HP and Nectar, all of which are sponsors here at the show, um, co-presenting with us a, a series of sessions focused around um, diagnostics with Nectar, um, being able to do automated quas with HP, and being able to do um, do SDN with Wi-Fi with Aruba. And um, they've just been absolutely fantastic. We've had a really great response to those sessions. It's another like it's a it's a super kind of geeky thing to, to kind of think about and talk about is this whole kind of potential replatforming of the enterprise network um it's not something that you know makes it into the keynote or makes it into business week but it's one of the things that i'm just i'm personally really excited about that you know from the from the work that we have going on with partners that are bringing actual deployable solutions today to enterprises and to customers the work that pascal's doing on the standards front is just fantastic um and and the work that is happening in the product at the kind of core api level is um is continuing to advance at a rate that um that we we just ha- historically haven't seen on the server side like 
they're really kind of cranking through and adding lots of new features and the partners are able to pick that those up really fast so we've got we've got a ton of sessions I'm actually looking at my at my session grid right now um, a bunch of the the SDN sessions are being repeated um, later on today and so if you've if you've missed any of those please you know go out and check them out because there's that's it's not it's not fantasy it's not future it's real it's today it's stuff that you can buy you know from these from these sponsors you know right now being able to to use it with either link 2010 or link 2013 awesome i attended the wi-fi session on sdn with uh, aruba and uh, it's really cool how they can uh, have link tell them the call is saying setting up and they're tagging any device with uh, the right qs tag so it's uh, really awesome Oh yeah, and that, that's that's stuff that's hard to do, right? Like, because Link by default, everything is encrypted, so you can't put an IPS or IDS system, you know, in the path and you know try to try to kind of parse out that that media traffic. Like, so you got to have some essentially, you know, out of band process that that the network's able to pick up and then apply the right markings to it. No, Aruba is is absolutely kind of there's while there's a bunch of wireless um, products out there that that have been tested and qualified. Aruba, I think, is kind of far and away um, leading the charge of of how to think about this stuff with regards to link yeah i I think it's uh it's really nice to see the link team pushing beyond the boundaries of the pure link product as well you know it's so it's getting such a scale now that it's having to solve problems on the infrastructure and and it's good to see the partners working closely with the microsoft team to kind of make this stuff real to solve the problems of scaling technology because it's beyond just link it's the whole system Absolutely. One thing I want to say that um, is probably one of my favorites is the LRS lab that's new this year. We didn't have it last year. Um, having Smart here is obviously awesome, and Crestron here, and um, Polycom. I know, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having the LRS lab, I think, is pretty is, is pretty cool this year to be able to have folks. Even Jamie just showed me a photo of just everyone in the in the lab using the LRS, seeing how it works, um, really enjoying it. This is, I think this is really going to be, I can't wait to see feedback at the end just to see what it's, what it's about. And I also, um, one thing we improved from last year was our partner sessions specifically are not conflicting with any other sessions. And I think that's also really, um, I think, beneficial for the customer experience, for the customer experience to be able to attend these partner sessions and um, without having to go to another, have a conflict with another session and really get to get to know the partners that they really want to get to know. Yeah, people. So those partner sessions are happening right now. So you, while, I know while you're listening to us, it's all good. We love having the audience, but you know that there's a whole bunch of partner sessions that are going on. Uh, they're going on right now. And on the LRS lab, like that's a great example of kind of where we were last year. You know, hey, we announced, we announced this thing. It's great. You touch it. And it does these amazing conference capabilities. You know, this year we have a whole lab dedicated so folks can can come in and actually learn how to administer and deploy and set up and configure link room systems in a hands-on sort of way, which is just, you know, it's not something that you can do, you know, from, um, you know, from downloading a set of VHDs off of a, uh, off of TechNet, right? It's something that, that we can really only provide in kind of a conference setting like this. These sessions are happening continuously from now until the end of the show. And I've actually challenged the team that's running them. If they want to keep that up and running through Thursday, afternoon and there are still folks there to attend it that we'll keep that room open all the way through Thursday if there as long as the as long as the team that's running that lab has the energy to do so we'll do it so um, so please if you have any interest at all in what what the LRS is like how to configure it kind of the back-end interface of it check out this lab it is fantastic it's in Copperleaf 12 second level right at the end of the hall and, and as somebody who's deployed LRS in a production environment and, and, and seen how the users embrace it and seen how relatively easy it is to deploy it, 
Um, it, it's great to see uh, uh, the companies here, Smart and Polycom and everybody, um, here with their products and showing what can be done and then going over to the lab and, and being able to actually kind of do the touchy-feely thing with it is, is kind of cool. I know for me on the expo floor, um, you know, I, I'm a gear whore. And I, I, I like... first bad word for the day. <laughs> you know, obviously, I, I have to have every headset and I have to have every microphone and every camera and everything. But what's really kind of cool to me, and, and, and last year's Expo Hall was pretty small. I mean, um, you know, th this year with it being so much bigger, it's nice to see... Um, all the apps, yeah. whether it's um, whether it's something outside of Link that that works with Link, like uh, like recording uh, solutions or things like that, or whether it's something that directly inter integrates with the client, like uh, call center solutions. Um, I, I, I'm loving the fact that there's so many uh, vendors here that have solutions out there that that can fill all these uh, niche. Uh, 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 voids in the product and, and being able to fulfill, you know, basically any need for any customer. Um, you know, and, and, and even some small uh, solutions like um, like there's one here that does uh, integrated presence between uh, Cisco and Link. You know, you pick up your Link phone and or your uh, Cisco phone and boom, it, it throws your Link client into in a call right away. And, you know, small things like that that can kind of increase their, or improve the customer experience um, I think it's fabulous. I'm glad to see them here. So, and in addition to having those folks um, here on the uh, on the expo floor, sponsors, we also have a series of sessions that are happening today. And I'm looking at the folks that are here in the room in front of me. There's a series of sessions that are happening today under the platform track called Apps for Link. It starts at one, and they actually continue through the balance of the day. Um, and and we've been having them, you know, throughout the show. There's a ton of these. Um, so the one that's happening early in the afternoon is around compliance and recording. Then we do another one on contact center and attendant console applications. We originally had one session on contact center and attendant console. There's so many partners who want to participate. We added another session. So there's there's just there's so much going on here that um, you know. So if you don't get an opportunity to to spend a lot of time in the expo hall, you definitely have an opportunity to check it out live here or um, as an attendee. You can download all the uh, all the recordings of all the uh, of all the shows off of um, off of my link as well off of the portal. So, Jamie, was that a conscious effort this year? Because our dev team has said they're seeing so much more stuff around dev at the show. They're seeing more solutions from partners. They're feeling much more love than ever before. Like devs kind of, you know, the, the whole keynote was about the UC, the YJ link stuff. It's really got a lot of focus this year. You know, and part of it was that we, we had the opportunity. This is just one of the dimensions we were able to expand the content, right? Yep. Um, we've, we've talked about expanding, you know, from the, the size of the show and the number of people. But this is one of the areas that... And the SDN stuff. Like, we couldn't, there's no way we could have done seven sessions on SDN last year. It would have been impossible. But because of the scope of the space and the amount of time that we have, we were able to, to really expand in all these different dimensions. And that's absolutely one that we, we really thoughtfully went through and said, you know, hey, let's, let's make sure that we can have a tap. Let's make sure that we can have a bunch of, you know, folks sponsoring and showing off their solutions. Let's make sure we highlight them in content. So, yeah, absolutely. Very cool, very cool. So let's let's talk about sessions. Um, obviously, we're still, as we record this, um, only partway through the conference. But um, John, what was your favorite session so far? The session on link uh, monitoring and analytics was 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 interesting to me because that's a, an area that I like a lot. You know, especially in larger deployments, it's really hard to get a grasp on call quality and really visualize where call quality is failing and 
Um, so those are one of my favorite. The, 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 the session yesterday was my favorite so far. I'll do my uh, bud here a, a favor. Uh, my, my favorite session is our, is our uh, MVP Ken Lasko, the uh, Enterprise Voice Session. Ken Lasko, actually, in little-known fact, except for everyone that follows you know stuff like this on Twitter, Ken actually had the most um, added session into into people's schedules. Um, Go and, Ken! Yeah, I know. So yeah. so uh, so when I ran the numbers, yeah, Ken was Ken was the number one out of out of all the other you know 170 some odd sessions that we had at the conference. So. Ken is obviously a very popular guy, and his sessions was being repeated. <laughs> and people mistake him for being on uh, Baywatch. <laughs> but we printed his real picture in the mini guide because, yeah. yeah, I didn't want the Hoff to come and beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> to lunch, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> to lunch. Well, um, I uh, attended a session on Edge and Ice protocol uh, with Thomas Binder, and uh, I know he's been doing a lot of uh, Edge sessions before, but uh, he's updated the content with uh, new scenarios for new products, and really, I, I, I learned something every time I watch him talk about Edge, or so I really recommend it. I, I joke that that's the thermonuclear Edge session, because when the ICE candidates kind of go from one side to another, it looks like global thermonuclear war, right? Um, right. That session actually was the highest rated session out of all the sessions that happened yesterday. We haven't gotten a ton of evals in, but that one, far and away, like it was 4.97 or something ridiculous. Thomas always pulls that in, too. Like yeah, He always no, just phenomenal. rocks it at TechEd, TechReady, yeah. other events, it's the same thing. So. You can watch that six times and pull. Yeah, for real. Oh, absolutely. Out, so. Yeah, no, I've been every time yeah. I see that session, and yeah. I've been in the product for I don't know how many damn years. And every time I see that session, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Crypto line. Okay. And so now there's some new content in there as well, so I recommend it. Um, cool. Yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to get to any sessions yet, actually. I've been so, <laughs> I've been flat out with um, my two sessions and booth duty and meetings and all this kind of thing. Um, so I'm hoping to get to. Some this afternoon and tomorrow, um, you know, particularly uh, Stoller's uh, phone number Thanks, assignment. Bit uh, <laughs> of a plug there, mate. So, uh, but yeah, there's just so much content on and so many, yeah, so much great, valuable stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to sort of get on the back foot on that one uh, through the remainder of the conference. Along those lines, is there any thoughts on extending it uh, another day or? Well, we, we get kicked out at uh, at midnight I mean, and, future, uh, like on Thursday. Um, oh, for next year, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably one of the biggest pieces of feedback that that I've gotten is is that you know folks look at the session list and they're like. There are four sessions at every time slot that I want to go to, and so we we definitely need to need to look at that. It's a balance, right? On the one hand, you know we we really respect and honor the time that people take to come out, and so to that effect, you know we we do want to make sure that folks aren't away from their jobs and families, you know, for too long. Um, but I think the the response has been pretty overwhelming. That no, we we need to we need to look at extending it. That's not bad. I had two time slots that had ten sessions in them, so <laughs> it would be great if it could be ex- uh, extended. The next year, but me. But they for, are all recorded. They yeah. are. Except, so except you can for the watch demos. them on your flat. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, the ones with true. the demos, it's it's kind of hard. But um, for me, the fa- two favorite sessions I've gone to obviously is, is Ken's session on uh, on optimizing things and 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 why things are are done a certain way. Um, it was it was great information. And and then this morning's uh, session by Brian Ricks on a deep dive into the client login process. Um, you know, it helps solidify everything and, and give you good troubleshooting tips for, um, you know, tracking down, you know, uh, login problems depending on, you know, the type of client, where the client is, and 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 things like that. So it was it was a, a good con- uh, good session. 
Yeah, I think uh, like Justin, I've been kind of booth babying and banging around the session. So I've done, I've done a couple, but um, the uh, the one I'd probably call out is uh, well, the MVP ones, obviously, Ken, Justin, some of the others. Um, but I don't know if the CQM session has happened. Oh, the CQM. Uh, no, at, so it's, looking yeah, at Jamie, hoping he. Can no, 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 no. no so I've got I've got it in my uh, I've got it in my list here. So the first part of the CQM. Um, the series started this morning at 8.30 and then the second part that's the 300 level session that Andrew's delivering and then the 400 level session is happening right after lunch yeah, and that, there's awesome posters yeah, oh my yeah, gosh yeah that stuff really rocks they're doing some <laughs> really cool stuff on that and I think anybody who's here go along to that one and watch the videos <laughs> Wait, wait. There's more free stuff. Yeah, there's more oh, yeah. free stuff. So if you go to the if you go to the session, you will absolutely get a poster. Um, and if you and and if you don't if you're not able to make it to the session, and we have posters left over, we'll have them at the uh, at the info desk. And oh my gosh, there are there is an example there's of the posters. Right there. There. There, there were some extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's no, free, we, man. Lauren, it's free. Yeah, Lauren, yeah, Lauren let me off. print a lot, and so that that thanks goes goes to Lauren. We're, for, we'll, we'll hook people up. For those on the podcast, I think they're all on download.microsoft.com already, aren't yes. they? So yes, you can, can, you can pull them down and get them printed yep. yourselves as well. If you can find a printer big enough, right? Yeah, you go to the local yeah, Kinko's. Kind of yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to note is we have HOL hands-on labs that are right there next to the keynote room. What is that, Pinion 2? Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, and they're all, if you can't make it this week, like you guys are swamped, you want to go to all these sessions and you really don't have time to make it to the hands-on labs, just similar to last year, they're on your MyLink, so you can download them vir- download them on the plane or at your con- in, at your convenience to, um, to, to to use them. So just note that as well and keep yeah, that in mind. Yeah, and, and I think they're, they're going to be up and running for after the show as well. Yeah. So if you start a lab and then you get busy and you can't get back to it, then you can keep on, you can keep on working on it. Regarding uh, the recordings, uh, they will be up uh, 48 hours after? Session. Yeah, they are. Now, for the folks who are listening to the podcast, we do keep the recordings just for the attendees because the attendees paid a chunk of change, taken away you know, time from their you know, families yep. and work and everything else. So we do keep the, the recordings and the decks and everything else just for the attendees for a couple months after the show. Yep. And then we're going um, gonna to go and release those publicly. So we're thinking around 60 days yeah. at this point. So, you know, speaking of the recordings, you know, the, and I mentioned this a minute ago, the demos. You, can't, you don't see the demos in the recordings. Is there, uh, so my request to Lauren and, and Jamie is, you know, maybe there's a solution for that in the, in the future because, you know, as we touched on a few minutes ago, you know, time slots with 10, 10 sessions in them, you know, you got to kind of pick the ones that have the demos so you can go see them and the ones that aren't likely to have demos, you know, to, to watch the recordings. But, you know, that's not always possible. And, sure. and sometimes you want to go to the ones that that um, that don't have demos because you have questions that you need to ask and things like that. So any chance we might see that in the future? Absolutely. It's a totally fair point. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we thought we'd take a, a few questions from people in the audience. Uh, you can ask anybody up here. Um, so if anybody has some questions, uh, go ahead and step forward. I'll hand you a mic. Since this is audio only, we probably should point out for the people listening, there's probably about four or 500 people around us here. So uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everybody. I don't think that's the case, but I'll tweet it right now. <laughs> where <I'm> at. <laughs> Not all at once. Seriously, not all at once. Anyone no got any questions for us? Oh. Cool. Is there any plans to um, support... Um, dial out from the link conference including the pounds for the DTMF digits to join uh, for example if I'm remotely working uh, and I don't have a DID on my number and I need to join a meeting remotely and I have a a number with an extension so uh, some other telephony providers usually um, allow the cell phone to include the dial number the, the E164 number and then they can put like a commas to separate the 
the, um, the extension number where they are. Is that something that uh, they are planning to include on the new releases for no. Lean Conferencing? Why is everyone looking look at me? At, yeah, we <laughs> look, at, look at the Microsoft information. <laughs> and I just look at Jamie too. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's that's absolutely some some feedback that we've gotten. We're looking at a couple different ways to implement that in a friendly fashion. Um, one of the things to be aware of, though, is that you can you can do this today, right? It's a, there is a little bit of a workaround where you put the conference on hold, you go and you you dial your PSTN number, and then you go through whatever IVR that you need to using DTMF, and then once you've connected out to that person, then you go and you merge that call back into Link, and the the location of the merge command and and all that can sometimes be a little bit hidden in the client UX, um, and that's one of the things we're looking at. You know, does it does it make sense to to allow AVMCU to to have that to have that dialogue capability and pass DTMF, or does it make more sense to have that merge functionality be a little bit more exposed within the client? Um, one of the things that we were able to do here at the show, just to transition back to the show, is that um, feedback is is crazy important to us. We actually have a whole booth within our um, within our pavilion here that specifically you know has feed as people from our link feedback team um, dedicated at that at that spot and they're specifically here to go and talk with customers get feedback about all the different areas of the product and then last night during ask the experts we ran dedicated feedback sessions as well so if anybody here has feedback on the product we absolutely want to hear it and we want to be able to then take that feedback and put it into the processes that we run internally to be able to, to triage that and to match that up with um, with work items that are happening within engineering. That's been a really formalized process for us within the Link and Skype engineering organizations, and it's something that we're now starting to expand out to um, to include other constituents like, you know, you know, partners and customers and folks here at the show. So how, how do folks not at the show provide feedback? Um, is there a mechanism for that? An well, for that? you know, we do have the, the uh, link.ideascale.com site. And, I, I, you know, we always say it's not supported by Microsoft. But, we, you know, somebody obviously at Microsoft is probably checking that once in a while just to see what's out. And that, and that, that question is, is listed there as, as, as an idea. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our own process to kind of run that. What I would say is um, for for customers that are interested in providing feedback, go and reach out to your Microsoft account team. They'll, they have the information on how to bring that into our engineering organization. And yeah, we do go out there and troll idea scale. And a lot of times there'll be, if we have um, conversations around the veracity of one way of doing a feature or another, idea scale can be a happy, or can be a, can be a useful tool to go back and say, oh, you know, what's, you know, what, what are some of the you know folks out in the uh, out in the ecosystem you know saying about this particular feature? So um, so yeah, we we absolutely do troll it from here and there. So uh, it, it is it is definitely not ignored, and it's just it's one piece of feedback that we that we bring in and we integrate into our process to be able to kind of triage these things. Okay, does that answer your your question? Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Anybody else? Okay, a couple other things that I wanted to touch on. Obviously, since we uh, last did a recording, Microsoft has a new CEO. <laughs> and, um, and and Jamie, what do you think? Um, what, what do you think of the choice? Oh, it, it's phenomenal! Yeah, Satya's uh, Satya's great. Like he's um, you know kind of came up through the ranks. Um, you know, so from a kind of the engineers and the testers and all the you know technical folks of the company are are just crazy excited. Uh, the day after he was announced, they did an all hands meeting, and um, one of the pictures that they released internally um, was was uh, employees literally hanging off the rafters, kind of being in the space that he was uh, that he was speaking to everybody in. 
and um, it really it, it, it was it, there was an emotional kind of kind of quality to the to that picture that um, that really speaks to how well the the kind of rank and file Microsoft employees have uh, have have responded to Satya's uh, appointment as CEO. Um, just terribly, terribly excited, and uh, you know, just from a business perspective, like I think he's just been phenomenal in the work he's done with Azure and the STB business, and um, so you absolutely think that um, that he's uh, he's going to be guiding the company in the right direction. I'm super excited. So, so good for Link. Yes. Yeah, absolutely good for Link. Absolutely good for Link. Now, no question. He, he actually made it into our keynote as well. You noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and speaking of the keynote, we'll have a, a link to the keynote address so you can watch it uh, on the summary site, a summary page for this particular episode. A um, couple other things I wanted to uh, point out. Um, actually, yesterday Microsoft released a couple of new white papers. Um, the first is on um, planning a Link 2013 deployment on on a virtualized platform. Lots, lots of information there, yeah. Um, uh, the next is uh, the st- stress testing guide for Link 2013. So, you know, obviously when, you, when you're when you building out a new environment with Link 2013, you want to stress test and make sure it's going to behave, that we have, <laughs> behave the, the way that you want it to. And um, has anybody read that yet? And, okay. I didn't hear about the virtualization white paper. I'm actually going to take a look right now. Yeah, yeah a, I didn't realize the, the vert white paper came out already. Like, I knew that we were going to be announcing the virtualization support here at the show, but that's perfect. That's it's. Yeah, excellent. See, we're on top of things. Yeah, you guys are totally on top of it. Yeah, I'm impressed. Apparently, I wasn't. <laughs> I, think the, I think the virtualization one is a real interesting because it's so contentious, and I think in 2013, it's something that um, you know you should really. If it's going to be an, an overarching requirement for virtual, in my opinion, I think physical is the way to go for 2013. I think that's quite contentious in a lot of ways, but I mean, it's good to see that there's something published there to back that up if uh, a customer wants to go down that road. Does anyone know if it's scaled down as well? How to scale down your virtual? deployment no I, I haven't read the doc yet I just saw that we need release. to do some uh, some review of that next episode then okay um, <laughs> something else that came out uh, um, Tom the uh, the key health uh, indicators um, the paper came out and and you got a chance to look through it yeah so this is really cool again this is a MCS kind of CRE type team stuff um, it's part of the CQM stuff that I was talking about earlier um, they have a whole network white paper and recently they've added and what they call the link KHIs. So they've just listed all the key Perfmon counters. Um, I think it's about, like, there's, there's a gazillion Perfmon counters in Link, and they pulled out the 80 that kind of matter. Um, so they've got a list of those, and they, they have an Excel sheet, and if you collect them all, then you can stick them in the Excel sheet, and the Excel sheet gives you uh, red, yellow, green as to how your environment's performing. Um, it's kind of the sum of the stuff that SCOM does automatically, but, but it's very, very uh, clear. They tell you exactly what you're pulling, exactly what it means. Um, and that, along with the CQM stuff, where they have preformed SQL queries, you can run these SQL queries on your QE database and pull out really simple tables. So all your calls from uh, gateway leg to provide, uh, sorry, from mediation to gateway, and, and how those calls are doing, whether they're marked as good or bad, and the packet loss. So it's all stuff that's in the monitoring DB, but they're making it super clear to pull it out and use it. So I'm a big fan of that. Awesome, and you can use it to benchmark your solution, right? Yeah, totally. You can use it. That's the thing. It's the same metrics across multiple solutions. So um, we're a support provider. We use it across multiple customers, and we can get a real feel for what an average is across multiple different environments. And and Justin mentioned the virtualization. They're super useful there because suddenly you've got an overhead. So you can measure actually what impact that overhead is having with things like the um, CPU interrupts and how fast the SIP traffic slowing. Really, really useful. 
Yeah, good good stuff. Um, something else that, that that came out was an update for um, the Android client, uh, Android phone client that supports our rejoin uh, uh, meetings and uh, conversation continuing. So uh, we'll get a link out to that on the summary page. Um, something else that was released actually a couple weeks ago I want to call out because I think this is just the, the coolest thing in the world is um, Tom Morgan, who's uh, an app dev guy for, for Modality, um, did this on his own time, a, a solution or a, a product called um, uh, Auto Assist. And what this does is it's a little MSI file you deploy on your client machines. And um, what you can do is when you want to take uh, control or when you want to do a, a screen sharing session with a user, say a user calls in with a problem, what this does is it will it will pop up a window in the client's, right in front of the client that says, um, this person wants to initiate a screen sharing, sharing session. Um, do you accept, yes or no? And and it's, it's as clear as day. It's beautiful. You, you don't have to... Um, you don't have to walk a client through several steps to get them to connect. You know, it, it pops it up right in the middle of the screen. It looks like it's native to the to the link client, which is an added bonus. Um, so the user clicks on yes. It opens up the the uh, the screen sharing, and then at that point, then the the IT support person can then request uh, control. It'll automatically grant control, and it just streamlines the whole support process for uh, for helping your end users. If your end user really isn't that savvy on how to do things, so. It's a free download. Interestingly enough, he did it all on his own time, and it's beautiful. So I just wanted to call out Tom and his excellent work for that, and we'll get a link for that on the on the summary page. So we got to find out if Tom is uh, has on his uh, scrum list for the future iterations of this product to bust through UAC prompts because. So Tom's at the show, so he's... Uh, okay, yeah. Nice, yeah. Because <laughs> um, we uh, a couple months ago, we did a Reddit, Ask Us Anything, and I was amazed at how many folks from IT showed up, and they are like, yeah, we actually, we use Link to be able to troubleshoot people's workstations, and it would be awesome if the one thing that it did, in addition to making it easy for folks to be able to, you know, take the control, is if you could bust through the UAC prompts that show up in, uh, as, you, as you're going to make, you know, system-level driver changes and things like that. And so... Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Strong yeah. work. Yeah. So uh, check out Tom. He's probably at the modality booth. So, and I think we're just about out of time. So uh, you know, we thank everybody for stopping by today. I did want to uh, remind everybody: our um, we have two sponsors, Kemp and Instant Technology. They both have booths over here uh, in the bronze uh, uh, section. So stop by. Tell them thanks for for sponsoring us. Um, Remind you that uh, the UC Architects are online. Check us out at uh, www.theucarchitects.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the UC Architects, and we have a Facebook page, a LinkedIn group, everything like that. So we thank you for stopping by. Hope you'll uh, uh, thank you for listening to all of our uh, episodes. Um, Thanks for coming to the party the other night. It was off the hook. Yeah. So we didn't Oh, speaking of parties, that's right. We have yeah, the party yeah, yeah. tonight. Yeah. That's um, right. on tonight um, is the the party of the show. I apologize for those of you that are listening to the podcast, but you know, yeah. we've got it. We're going to have a great time. Know, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, oh my God. So yeah, we're going to have a great party tonight. I hope everyone can make it out. There's a ton of fun stuff planned. We're going to have a great DJ. Um, and, 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 and and lots of libations. Yeah. Um, and and sessions will start until 9 o'clock tomorrow, so it'll be all good. Yeah. 
Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks to uh, Michael Van Hornbeek for snapping pictures of us. Thanks uh, to Andrew to, to Andrew Price for doing the editing. Thanks to Jamie and Lauren for uh, stopping by. Oh, thank you for having you us. You guys yeah, did definitely. Awesome thank job, you so much. Uh, you know, not just on the conference, but here with us. So we, we appreciate it. We appreciate how you were able to kind of facilitate us being here today. So Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks to Pat for uh, doing the bulk of the organizing here. He's together. Good job, Pat. So we're going to make him blush. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. We should have the episode on in the next four or five days. So thanks a lot. Thank you.